Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Our Boston Bruins are in action tonight, Thursday, April 22nd, against the Buffalo Sabres, the second of three straight games in Buffalo. We'll give you all you need to know heading into that one and also address the hottest topic on Bruins Twitter these days, which is the 7th Man Award. Who should get it this season? Before we get into all that, a quick reminder to please subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. Whatever app you use, just open it up, search Locked On Boston Bruins, hit that subscribe button, and Monday to Friday, each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated, especially if you are an Apple user. If you are on Twitter, you can find the podcast at LO Boston Bruins. On Instagram, it's Locked On Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. That's I A N C M C L A R E N. And uh, basically get to know me a bit better over there as well. You can find me on Instagram with the same handle. So tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern in Buffalo, the Bruins will be taking on the Sabres for the middle game of this three-game set. Jeremy Swayman will be back between the pipes on Thursday. And Bruce Cassidy said Tukarask felt some effects from his shutout victory on Tuesday, but nothing out of the ordinary. It's a back-to-back tonight and tomorrow night. So, you know, he said it's just normal wear and tear. It's a good sign. The plan is to put Rask back in on Friday. They'll stick with that for now. He did face some high danger chances, made some acrobatic athletic saves, and feeling a bit sore as a result. So Swayman will get in there tonight and Rask back in there tomorrow night. Rask has been terrific in three starts since returning from an upper body injury that forced him to miss all but one period over the last 18 games. A 3-0-0 record, just allowing four goals on 88 shots. He's been rock solid uh, for the Bruins lately, ready to go since he came out of that injury. Uh, you don't know when a guy misses that much time, how long he'll need to get back, but he got back in there quickly, and the Bruins are obviously a better team for it. Now, there is some question as to how the goalie breakdown will work over the remaining 12 games of the season. Yaroslav Halak has not yet played since April 3rd after spending nearly two weeks in COVID protocol. Uh, so Cassidy said they're going to look at everything here. Rask has played well. Swayman, they have a lot of confidence in him. He's gone 4-1-0 with a 938 save percentage in five games. Uh, Rask, like I said, has clearly found his game coming out of the injury. Yarrow, he was playing well before he went into protocol. Uh, so it's a good problem to have for the Bruins. They have three very capable goalies. And they'll have to find some games to get them all in net and get them sharp. Because, you know, if, you know, Rask will be the number one goalie heading into the playoffs. If he were to get injured, then 
you know, the question would be, who would they turn to next? Would it be Halak? Would it be Swayman? Halak is the more veteran guy. He has more experience, so you might turn to him first. But if he's not up to the task, you don't want Swayman heading into the playoffs, having only played a couple times over the last three weeks of the season. So Rask likely will get the lion's share of starts heading into the playoffs. If he hadn't missed time, they might have limited him. But uh, he does have to play a bit more here coming out of the injury to really feel like he's back. So they're not going to limit Rask's starts per se unless he does start to feel that injury come back a bit more. Um, and Swayman will get some spot starts in the meantime while Halak tries to work his way back from COVID-19. Speaking of returning from injury, Matt Grizzlick. Uh, was able to return on Tuesday, played over 21 minutes without uh, getting injured, which is a bit of a rarity this season. He's had uh, four separate injuries this season that has forced him to miss time. He said it has been a bit challenging. You want to be on the ice, especially trying to gear up for the playoffs. It's been an uncomfortable spot to be in, sit back, and have no control over the situation. He's trying to stay positive. Make sure he's doing the right things in order to stay healthy the rest of the way, and that's his main focus. And the Bruins really do need a healthy Matt Grizzlick in order to be at their best. Uh, Mike Riley has stepped in, and there are still some injuries on the blue line that the Bruins are contending with. Brandon Carlo has begun skating on his own back in Boston. Um, So he is still a few games away as the Bruins will travel to Pittsburgh after uh, this set with the Sabres, uh, Jared Tenorti, Kevin Miller, Stephen Camfer all took part in Wednesday's optional practice at KeyBank Center. So there are some, um, you know, Bruins on the back end who are getting back into game shape and could be back in the lineup as soon as tonight. Uh, we'll see later on this morning what Bruce Cassidy has to say about the lineup. Uh, but yeah, it's... Hard to say right now what the optimal top six would be on the back end. I'd say Grizzlick, McAvoy, Riley, Carlo, and then perhaps Lozon and Miller. Um, But until everyone gets healthy, we won't really have an idea of what Bruce Cassidy is thinking there. But anyways, tonight, Boston, Buffalo, the Bruins are looking to extend their winning ways against the Sabres and move even further up the standings in the East Division. Right now, they're three points back of Pittsburgh, four points back of both the Islanders and Washington, with two games in hand on all three of those teams. The Islanders and Capitals play tonight. Um, And then the Penguins are also in action against the Devils. So a bit of scoreboard watching to go on here as well while we check out our Boston Bruins. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. It's an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. 
They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft beginning April 29th to May 1st. All right, let's get into a hot topic in Bruins land, and that is this year's 7th Player Award. If you're not familiar with the 7th Player Award, it's a Nesson-driven initiative where fans can vote on the Boston Bruin who has performed above and beyond expectations. 7th Player Award is given each year to the unsung hero on the team. The player that works hard every day for the good of the team without any expectation to be recognized. You can cast your vote right now. And uh, there are about, uh, let's see here, 14 players that you can choose between. Now, before we get into this year's list, let's take a look back at some previous winners of this award. Last year, it was Charlie Coyle. Prior to that, we had Chris Wagner. Charlie McAvoy, David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak again, 2014-2015, Riley Smith, Dougie Hamilton, Tyler Sagan, Brad Marchand. These are the list of names that have won over the past decade. This season, we have 14 players to choose from, and I'll just read off the list here in alphabetical order. Brandon Carlo, Connor Clifton, Trent Frederick, Matt Grizzlick, Yaroslav Halak, Steve Kampfer, Jeremy Lozon, Kevin Miller, Nick Ritchie, Zach Sinishin, Oscar Steen, Jared Tenorti, Jacobs Borrell, and Dan Vladar. Now, I'd say right off the bat that one of the players that I would have possibly voted for is not on this list, and it is Craig Smith. Craig Smith was signed in the offseason. Uh, to a $3.1 million contract, and he has been on fire as of late. He's got 10 goals, 17 assists for 27 points in 43 games, and he, over the course of an 82-game season, would be on pace to challenge his career high in points, which is 52 set in 2013-14 as a member of the Nashville Predators. Uh, So if you're talking about kind of exceeding expectations, I had thought he'd come in and be maybe like a 2020 guy, 15, 20 uh, guy, 35 points perhaps, but he has uh, really come in and especially as of late, uh, really complemented the offense and given that secondary scoring, the line of Hall, Krejci and Smith certainly Uh, rolling at a very high level right now and they are giving the Bruins a chance to win night in and night out uh, as they you know try to do their thing behind the top line of Marchand, Bergeron and uh, Pasternak. So he would have gotten my vote probably but he's not on the list. So what do we have left? I think if you're looking at um, 
I don't really understand why Dan Vladar is on the list and not Jeremy Swayman. I would be I'd be tempted to kind of give them a co-vote really with Rask out with Halak on the shelf with COVID. Both those guys have stepped in and played extremely well for the Bruins and they both deserve some credit for that. It's not often that you see a NHL team have to rely on their third and fourth goalies in the middle of a season. That's exactly what the Bruins did. Uh, Swayman has played a lot better than Vladar. In uh, They both have had five starts. Swayman's save percentage, 938. Vladar's is 886. So if you were going to give it to a goalie, I'd give it to Swayman. Uh, not Vladar necessarily, but a case could be made to kind of split it between the two guys at the very least, but no, only Vladar is on the list, so forget that. Now, it seems as though the hot debate is between Kevin Miller and Nick Ritchie. You know, a lot of these guys that are on the list have been uh, injured a lot in and out of the lineup, including Kevin Miller, and I think that is one of the strikes against him. I know the argument is this. He hadn't played... In almost two years and kind of any production or any value that they've gotten out of him has been kind of a bonus he doesn't bring anything to the table offensively but if you've listened or seen quotes from the Bruins all season long they've talked about how much his presence on the blue line means to the team his physical presence his leadership and on and off the ice, he's well-respected among his peers. He has been limited to 19 games. He's got two assists. And, you know, I don't know if you can really pin the team's success on his uh, ability to be in or out of the lineup. It hasn't really pushed the needle either way, in my opinion, in terms of his actual on-ice contributions. Yes, like I said, they respect his leadership. They appreciate him being on the ice. And I can see a lot of fans voting for him. Remember, this is a fan-voted award. Uh, I could see how people would say, you know, he had been out of the game for so long. It's amazing that he's even playing at all. Um, And the fact that he has been in and out of the lineup shouldn't really be countered against him. He's still persevering. He's still, uh, you know, working towards being in games when it matters most. But for me, doesn't really uh, push the needle in terms of actual on-ice impact. He does have positive possession numbers, 51-77 at 5-on-5 play. That ranks him 7th among Bruins uh, defenders behind Grizzlick, McAvoy, Riley, Carlos, Borrell, Lozon. Uh, you could make an argument that Mike Riley has come in and made more of an impact in his few games with the Bruins than Miller has had all season. Um, again, I respect Miller for being able to come back. Uh, hopefully he's healthy for the playoffs. Uh, he has, you know been a bit of a spark for the team when he's able to play but for me not really uh, making the impact I guess if you're judging it by expectations we didn't really expect him to play at all ever again so yes he has exceeded expectations in that way but I just don't think he has been on the ice enough to be seen as an unsung hero for uh, the Bruins this season 
So my vote, I think, based on the guys who are here to vote for, would be uh, Nick Ritchie. Ritchie, as we all know, arrived in Boston last season after being traded from the Anaheim Ducks for Danton Heinen. And he was incredibly underwhelming in his brief time with the Bruins, uh, you know, before the COVID-19 pause and in the bubble. He played seven regular season games, had a goal and an assist with 19 penalty minutes. And then in the postseason, he only registered one goal and, you know, had penalty issues in that series against the Tampa Bay Lightning that really uh, were a detriment to the team's uh, chances. This season, he has played very well for the Boston Bruins. He has 10 goals, 10 assists for 20 points through 44 games. He has played in each and every game for the Bruins. And if it were a regular 82-game season, he would be on pace for 19 goals and 19 assists for 40, oh, sorry, 38 points, which would be a new career high for him and a career high in goals as well. He did record 22 assists a couple years ago in 60 games with the Ducks. Uh, but 19-19 for 38 points would be uh, a new career high for Nick Ritchie. And if you were to tell me that he would even score 10 goals in an 82-game season, I would have been pretty happy with that based on how he came in last season. Now, I know he has tailed off as of late. If you look at his uh, game log, you see that he has not scored at all in April. He only had three goals in March. Uh, he's got just two assists on 23 shots here in the month of uh, April. However... That kind of adds to the argument that Richie was an unsung hero because if you recall earlier in the season, the Bruins were really struggling when it came to scoring at all. And Richie had a very good start to the season, four goals in January, three in February, three in March, and he really stepped up when secondary scoring was a much bigger issue for this team. He has been bumped down to the third line with the arrival of Taylor Hall. And, you know, the line of Coyle, Richie, and DeBrusque has yet to really uh, find its scoring touch. They've had some good chances. Uh, but if that line can get going, it would just further cement this team's ability to compete night in and night out. If you have three scoring lines, very difficult to uh, compete against, very difficult to defend. And... So yeah, I'm going to give my vote to Nick Ritchie for the 7th Player Award. And don't forget all that Kevin Miller is lauded for bringing to the lineup. Nick Ritchie brings that as well. Physicality, a willingness to drop the gloves. We've seen him fight a couple times recently, uh, fighting Brendan Lemieux back in February. Uh, he's had some pretty good tilts and very scary uh, when he is dropping the gloves. The look on his face, I would not want to um, be on the other end of that. And again, if he and uh, Coyle and DeBrusque can find their form, it would only cement his standing as this year's seventh player for the Boston Bruins. And I personally am going to be submitting my vote uh, right now. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business and they've been serving auto parts customers online 
for over 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com right now, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for pros as well as DIY mechanics. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere? Just go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They have all the major sports covered, as well as TV shows and award ceremonies like the Oscars coming up this Sunday. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. They also have props on almost anything you can imagine. Just head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by LOCKEDON and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lacanfora, and Brian Baldinger, Our local experts also jump in for every team making trades and picking the next stars on the team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. Vegas Golden Knights became the first team to clinch a berth in the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs by beating the Sharks 5-2. If you haven't been paying attention to the West teams, Vegas certainly looks like one of the teams to beat along with the Colorado Avalanche. I'm hopeful that they will meet in the playoffs because that would be just a very uh, entertaining series to be sure. TSN's Pierre Lebrun reports the NHL hopes to start the 2021-22 season on October 12th, but one week later than in a normal year. Training camps would open on September 22nd if there are no COVID-related delays. The league can't say for certain when the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs will begin due to in-season delays some teams have dealt with this season, but, um, you know, Looks like it would be probably May 20th or so that the uh, playoffs would start and would go till about near the end of July. So players would get about two months off between, um, well, teams that advance to the final and teams that are gathering for training camp. There'd be about two months between those two things. Speaking of COVID-19, Golden Knights goalie Robin Leonard accused the NHL of lying to the players regarding policies on COVID-19 restrictions and vaccinations. He claimed the league told them restrictions would ease if a certain threshold of vaccinations were achieved. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly denied Leonard's claim, saying loosened restrictions were previously discussed internally and with the NHLPA, but no decision was reached 
or communicate it to the players. Uh, mental health, certainly an issue this season with the players. Robin Leonard has been very open in the past about his struggles and, you know, the, the isolation, the policies, obviously weighing heavy on some of the players. And, you know, everyone will be glad to get back to normal life here, hopefully sooner than later. Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves likely done for the season as he continues to battle an illness that's left him drained and lethargic. There's no word on what exactly his condition is, but he hasn't played at all this season, but he is improving, expected to return next season. A very, yeah, curious story and also one that uh, we just wish Jonathan Taves the best, uh, you know, despite... uh, Chicago's history of beating Boston in the 2013 Stanley Cup Final. He's still one of the best players in the NHL over the last decade and um, never liked to see a player miss time due to uh, illness for sure and just wish him well as well as uh, his family that uh, you know they're keeping well as he's been on the mend with, with whatever he's struggling with. That's it for today's episode. Bruins in Buffalo tonight to take on the Sabres. They'll also be there tomorrow night. Fingers crossed they can take four points out of these next two games. If they do so and everyone else in the division were to lose the top three teams, they would jump into a tie for first place at the very least. But they still do have two games in hand at any rate. Um, So yeah, a real opportunity again for the Bruins to jump up here in the standings. I hope you're all doing well. It is Thursday. We're almost at the weekend. I'm getting my first vaccine tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. And, you know, yesterday, I know on the podcast, very low energy. Wasn't the best episode. I was just feeling very blah. Feeling a bit better today, uh, despite the cold weather and the fact that it's kind of snowing right now. Flurries coming down from the sky. Not fun. Uh, Now close to May. But we press on. And, you know, it's just fun to be able to talk about this team on a daily basis. And it is pretty therapeutic. Um, And I appreciate all of you who take some time to listen and engage on Twitter. And uh, I hope you're taking care of yourselves, taking care of each other. And we'll be back tomorrow with a recap of tonight's game, as well as the latest This Week in Hockey with Mayor Zilberberg. Take care, friends. Have a great day.